Have you put on your calendar all the places you're supposed to go? Are you ready for Christmas? You know, during this season, we kind of meet ourselves coming and going. We even have a name for it, the Christmas rush. And sometimes the Christmas season becomes very hectic, even chaotic. And because of that, we can struggle at times to focus as much as we should on the reason for the season. There's a rather poignant Christmas story about a little girl who watched her mother and dad getting ready for Christmas. And to her, it seemed like the dad was preoccupied with burdens and bundles while the mom was so concerned about parties and presents as if they had no time for her. She even felt that she was being shoved aside. In fact, it seemed to her that she was always being told, would you please get out of the way? And so one December night, she knelt beside her bed and prayed this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, please forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. You know, that's a cute story. But there's some truth in that little prayer of that little girl. You see, when we ask that question, are you ready for Christmas? What we really should be asking is more than about our activities. We should be asking about our our attitudes. Every once in a while I hear somebody say, I just can't get into the Christmas spirit. Maybe you've heard that too. Maybe you've said it. And so with that in mind, let's, let's think once again about what Christmas really means. Christmas says that God became a human being. God expressed his love among us by walking with us and talking with us. That's what Christmas means. But what are the right attitudes that we ought to have so that Christmas can really happen in our homes and in our hearts? And so for a few minutes this morning, we're going to turn our attention to the Christmas story as recorded in Matthew chapter 1. And so I'm going to invite Merlene to come and read that for us. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Merlene. You know, I've always admired Joseph. 
He doesn't stand in the spotlight very long. We don't know a whole lot about his life, but I think that we can learn a lot. I think that Joseph can teach us a lot about attitudes, attitudes that can make Christmas real in our lives. And so this morning, I want to explore some of those attitudes with you. And the first attitude that I think Joseph models for us is this, be ready to accept God's will, whatever it might be. Joseph was open to the will and the leading of God. I mean, after all, put yourself in his position. Joseph thought his life was pretty well planned out. He was pledged to be married, which means that he and Mary had made all the necessary arrangements and that the wedding ceremony was soon to take place. Joseph had a plan. He would have a great wife, they would settle down in Nazareth. He would continue on in his business and they would live happily together ever after. That was the plan. But then Mary came and she says to him, guess what, Joseph? I'm expecting a baby. Well, that must have just hit him like a bombshell. He thought that Mary loved him as much as he loved her, but now seemingly she's been unfaithful to him. He knew that this child was not his and so the only conclusion he can reach is that she has been unfaithful. She has broken the bond that existed between them. And so Joseph now has a plan, but the plan is falling apart. Now, according to the law, Mary could be stoned to death. But Joseph loves her so much that he doesn't want to see that. And so he comes up with a new plan. He decided to divorce her quietly. Well, as he was thinking about all this, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and in effect says, Joseph, trust God. He is in this. You might not understand everything that's happening, but just trust God and everything will be all right. Well, Joseph was evidently a man of faith, but sometimes it's hard to live by faith, especially when God's plan and our faith collide. If, if God always does what we expect him to do, then maybe it's easy to live by faith. But often that's not the case, is it? God sometimes does what we don't expect. He does something outside of our plan, and that's when faith can be hard. And so Joseph trusted God. Even though he must have had a, a list of questions a mile long, he trusted God because he believed that God's will was best. You know, we often find ourselves in similar situations to Joseph. Christmas comes as a time of peace, but perhaps there's conflict within your family. Christmas comes as a time of joy, but there's sadness and distress and pandemic all about us. Christmas comes as a time of love, but there's so much hatred in our world. And so we cry out like Joseph must have cried out, God, how can this be? But if we listen carefully, like Joseph, we, we may just hear a still small voice coming from God that says, trust me. Trust me. God's ways are seldom our ways. His plans are always better than our plans. And though we may never understand everything that God has done and is doing this side of heaven, 
God says, trust me, and it will all work out. Christmas happened because Joseph was ready to accept God's will, whatever it might be. He trusted God, and we have to learn to trust God as well. Well, there's a a second attitude that I think Joseph models for us, and that is this, care about other people care about other people. You know, Joseph's assignment was a a pretty simple one. At least that's the way we often portray him in our Christmas plays. We picture Mary looking so angelic. And over here are the excited shepherds. And over there are the wise men in all their fancy clothes and their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And in the midst of all of them is the Christ child in the manger, looking so pure, so clean. And then somewhere in that scene, there's Joseph just standing there. He's not in a starring role, but his part is so important. His task is just this, take care of Mary and the baby. Joseph had an important role of caring for the needs of others. I came across this uh, this story from the legendary football coach, Vince Lombardi. He was once asked what it took to make a winning team. And I want you to listen to his words. He, he writes, There are lots of coaches with good ball clubs who know the fundamentals and have plenty of discipline, but still don't win the game. Then you come to the third ingredient. If you're going to play together as a team, you've got to care for one another. You've got to love each other. Each player has to be thinking about the next guy and saying to himself, if I don't block that man, my teammate is going to get his legs broken. I have to do my job well in order that he can do his. The difference between mediocrity and greatness, Lombardi writes, is the feeling these guys have for one another. They care for one another. Well, you know, in in God's kingdom in God's plan, on God's team, his children must care for one another. And the more that we take seriously God's command to love one another, the more that we contribute to a winning team. Christmas came because Joseph cared about Mary and about Jesus. And it will come for us when we care for others as well. Accepting God's will, even when it doesn't make sense or fit with my own plan. Caring for others when caring for self is all the rage today. And then finally, number three, one more attitude that we see modeled in the life of Joseph is this. Christmas came because Joseph gave. He gave whatever he had to give. You know, Joseph didn't know that after Jesus was born that he would have to take Mary and this baby on a road trip to another country. He didn't know that he would be separated from his hometown and his loved ones there for an extended period of time. He didn't know about all the demands that would be made on him, on his time, on his body, on his wallet. But whatever God asked him, Joseph freely gave. And that's really what Christmas is all about, isn't it? When God gave himself, Christmas happened. When Joseph gave himself, 
Christmas happened. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts, but the greatest gift, the gift of sacrifice, giving whatever we have to give for others. That's what Christmas is all about. Wally was a sixth grade student who was bigger than any of the other students in his Sunday school class. His mother had been an alcoholic when he was born, and as a result, Wally did not have all of the mental capabilities that the rest of his classmates had. But somehow, he managed to get by. Christmas time came, and his class decided to put on a Christmas pageant. Since he was the biggest kid, Wally was selected to be the innkeeper. After all, the innkeeper is kind of the villain in the Christmas drama. And so they coached Wally to be just as mean as he could possibly be. Well, the night came for the Christmas play, and in it, Mary and Joseph come to Bethlehem, and they go to the inn, and they knock on the door, and Wally opened the door and said, what do you want? Just as mean and gruff as he could possibly be. Of course, Joseph said, we need a room, we need a place to stay tonight. Well, you have to stay someplace else, said Wally. There's no room here. There's no room at the inn. Joseph said, well, my wife's expecting a baby any time now. Isn't there some place where we can stay? Where we will be protected from the cold and where she can deliver her child? No, said Wally. There's no room here. And then suddenly there was a silence on the stage. It was one of those embarrassing moments where you know someone has forgotten their lines. And so from behind the curtain, you can hear the prompter saying, be gone, be gone. Wally was supposed to speak, but for some reason he had choked up and forgotten to say, be gone. Well, finally, after he'd been coached for several long seconds, Wally managed to say, be gone. And Mary and Joseph sadly turned to leave. But then just as they did, Wally said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. You can have my room. Well, the director of the play was ready to pull her hair out because she knew the whole Christmas pageant had been ruined. But had it, had it, because, you know, maybe Wally, better than anybody else, communicated the real spirit of Christmas. You can have my room. You can have my life. That's what God said at Christmas time. You can have me. I give myself. And that is still the greatest gift of all. Are you ready for Christmas? I don't know if you're going to have all the time you need to get your shopping done or not. I don't know if you're going to be able to attend all the events that you want to attend. I don't know if you're going to be able to practice all the family traditions that you long for at this time of the year. But I hope, I hope that we are ready in attitude. I hope that we are ready for the real spirit of Christmas to come because if we are ready for that, then it'll happen. It will happen in the greatest way of all. And so my prayer for each of us is that we might live like Joseph, a quiet, unassuming life behind the scenes, faithfully pursuing 
the way of the master. Accept his will. Care deeply for others. Give what we have to give. Let's pray together.